I remember reading once. I can't have read this. <laughs> That's, that would be a very, a very interesting word I can't to have see read written this. down. Maybe this was it. just a Chinese whisper from primary school, but mm. I remember discussing how loud some people can sneeze and that some, sorry, not sneeze, snore. And some people can have a decibel reading while snoring that's equivalent to an aircraft. Like an aircraft flying like, overhead. Yeah. Like just screaming. Oh, mate, I've... Um... Maybe that's what it is. It's like the difference. With, it's not making as much noise as an aeroplane, but the aeroplane is a couple of hundred metres above you, still making so that noise. reading it at your ear level. Yeah. Or it'd be some like height yeah. that it flies mate, above you. There's... Uh, I have... I know someone who you also know that's a... Just mouth their name? Yep. Is an incredibly loud snorer. Oh, really? And to the point where there was, at one stage, we were traveling, there were five of us, and we <laughs> overnighted in El Paso in Texas, mm -hmm. stayed in a, in a four-bed, just shitty motel room, crammed five of us in there to stay overnight, and four of us didn't sleep. Well oh, I've, <laughs> I've been in that situation. That sucks. Because it was just like... It sucks because like, it's, you can't, you can't really get angry. The person who's doing it usually hates well, it as much as everyone. They're like, I'm sorry, I don't know yeah. how to, I don't know how to not do this. But there are things that you can wear on your nose now. Oh, that's right, those so, masks. So we did get angry because we felt entitled to do so. Really? Yeah. That bad? I remember, um, well, I remember being on a surf trip once and in a similar situation in New Zealand and five blokes in a three-person motel room mm. and um, <laughs> being in the same room as another bloke who wasn't snoring but mm. then every now and then on the inhale is something would catch inside and it would just produce one massive like it was almost like a shriek like because it like he's going <laughs> but like during that inhale, he's like shrieking. I remember waking up, like sitting up, bolt up right in the middle of the night because it was like he just screamed in through the silence of the early hours of the morning and oh, telling man. the fellas about it the next day. And everyone's like, you're cooked, mate. No way. Like mm -hmm. no one, none of us heard anything. It wasn't that loud. Thankfully, we got in the exact same situation and one of the other boys heard it as well. Mm -hmm. And then it was just like, it's <laughs> like you can't, you just can't be in a room with someone making yeah. that much noise when you're trying to sleep. Mate, my dad's a very loud snorer. Really? Yeah, like he'd be hitting double digit <laughs> Aircraft decibels. Yeah, 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 100%. Like to the point where growing up, my bedroom was literally opposite side of the house to my folks' bedroom. They were downstairs at one end of the house. I was upstairs at the immediate other end of the house and I could hear it from my room door closed. Your poor mum. And there, I know, but like, you must get acclimatised to that though. You That's must. got to be ruthless on your body, though. Oh, I mean, <laughs> a period of acclimation. Sure. Oh yeah, bloody! I wouldn't be sad upon anyone, mate. But how gutted are you when you've been married to someone for ten years? You set up real good, and you had a few good kids, and everything's looking gravy, and then you start snoring. Or she. <laughs> Speaking of weddings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you had some choice words to say about them. Well, <laughs> not into a wedding. I'm not not into weddings. Look, I, I went to my first wedding of like a good friend of mine at the end of last year and it was a fucking hoot. But I just, I mean, we were chatting prior to hit and record about how your poor sister has relocated overseas and now she, over the next couple of years, she, so at this year she's going to have to fly back 
formal wedding duties for mm. a friend, mm. you can foresee that happening, you know, a little bit over the next few years. Yep. How incumbent upon her is it to come back for all of them? It's like, it's got to be case by case, right? It's really hard. But it's gotten so out of hand. That, this exact dynamic has just ripped through a group of girls who went to a girls' school that I used to kick around with in high school who are all getting married now one by one and they're yeah. in disparate corners of the globe about who's going, who's not going, so-and-so doesn't talk to so-and-so anymore because she didn't turn up to the hands which was here. But all this crazy stuff. And it's like, hold on, none, none of this used to exist and now there's friendships that are over. Because, like, but it's, that is such a valid reason to not be able to come to a wedding. When you're in your late 20s, you're trying to save some money, set yourself up, you know, for the coming years. And you're thinking, Jesus, like, am I really about to lay down, like, multiple thousands of dollars? Man, but, the... but also annual leave that you, like, might not otherwise spend. Yeah, yeah. Any, any number of things that you could have done with your time and money. And, like, you know... I think one of the throwaway justifications is like, oh, people can make a holiday out of it, like a destination wedding mm. kind of thing. Mate, to me, I'm sorry. I'm just going to call a fucking apple an apple here. It's just indulgent. It's so self-indulgent to expect people to just fucking put their lives on fucking I don't think they. I don't think they expect it, though. Like, I think I used to think that exact thought. I was like, that is just a crock of shit. Like, that's so selfish is the word that was my feeling at the time to implicate people for this exact thing. But I don't, it's still up to them ultimately who they invite. And yeah. so as a, I don't know, like a reasonably close acquaintance of theirs, if you didn't cop an invite to an overseas wedding, it's less of a big deal if you didn't cop an invite to some venue five kilometers from your house. You know what I mean? And so the people that do go, it becomes like a really special, experience for everybody I suppose mainly two people <laughs> mainly two people <laughs> exactly right yeah. like uh, I don't it's so hard I hate everything about it because it's, it's undeniably a good time when you are mid-wedding celebrating two people getting married and the vibes are undeniably amazing yeah as far as part like types of parties go but the way it forces you to politicize your social sphere is like it's so, it's so ruthless, man. Yeah. It's ruthless, and like there's very other, very few other occasions where you have to rank everybody on the same scale of importance to you and your future. <laughs> it's like is that it? Is, it, is it just like is it just a hurdle that everyone at some stage gets to in their life? Is it just a filtering mechanism? We've talked about this recently, I feel, haven't we? About how it's an industry and how like the the <laughs> The bucks and hens nights are in cahoots with the wedding people who are in cahoots with the divorce lawyers and yeah. the round and round it goes. And everyone's just trying to make as much cash as they can. Squeeze out it out, yeah. Day. Inventing like more and more bullshit about okay, but... what has to happen during the, the wedding. <laughs> okay, week. all right. So we've talked about it from, from the industry point of view. The people that are trying to keep those wheels going because they have money to be made out of the beast. Yeah. But how, okay, what about from the other end of the, the people that are they're paying the money? The the everyday Joes and Janes that are going to get married, that are, that are drawing up budgets because they're about to lay out thousands of dollars for this big whole fucking shindig. Yeah. My question is why? Like, is it, is it because you feel an onus to throw a party because other people have thrown you a party? Definitely obligations, it, part of it. Is it because 
partly you want to be self-indulgent and you want to just fucking have a massive big spotlight on you and everyone to talk about how great you and your relationship is. Well, I think that's a misconception that is slowly being uncovered, that a wedding in this day and age, particularly in our type of communities, is less about you and it's about everybody else. And that's the whole thing is it's like almost like a thank you to your community for supporting you to get to a stage where you're committing the rest of your lives to each other, blah, blah, blah. Marriage is important. Yeah, but it's like so so ugly to put... Well, if that's what people sincerely think, and I agree with you, uh, yeah, for sure. That's certainly the takeaway that I experienced um, from the wedding I went to recently, was that, that that's how I felt in the aftermath of it, was that, yeah, it wasn't an indulgent thing. It was it was a display of gratitude and mm. that kind of thing. But if that is the case, and if that is what you think that we're slowly uncovering, then how come we have all this toxicity around who gets to be there and who doesn't? Oh, the dynamics are no less ugly in that scenario. It's either not like not getting invited to whatever. It's like the, that's the that's the mechanics is you're not being invited to something. You either are or you aren't. There's like a cutoff about what you're worth in this situation. So we just keep it because like it's just, you know how people used to, you know, or still do talk about like going through and doing a cull of their Facebook friends and stuff like that. Is the, is it just a real life version of that? Like you get to a moment where you're like, fuck, all right, I can't, it's not, for, I don't, I have, you know, a career, I have kids, I have shit I need to do. I can't have, I don't have time for everyone like I used to in my fucking teens, yeah. okay? Yeah. I can't hang out with all of you all the summer holidays. I'm making a call here. We're done. We're done. We're done. You guys that I invited to the wedding, you guys get me once a month. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it goes a lot further beyond. I, I suppose like the more comfortable you are with that being the operating system, then the easier it is to throw a wedding because you're already, you're already down the path of making the decision about you who like you like. <laughs> you well, the rules just before you with them. The you're just familiar with them. You're warmed up. Like... <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't, it, but it's feeling bad about that, even though it's just completely untenable to maintain every single relationship you ever begin yeah. on an increasing scale. It's just impossible. I don't know, man. Social media no. is not a good, um, not a good context to analyze it. I don't think. Well, maybe it is actually. Maybe it's very good. <laughs> <laughs> only reason I say, only reason I'm confused is because I always think to myself, like I did that all in one go by deleting Facebook. It was just way, way yeah. easier to be like, I don't like this influencing whether, like my perceptions on my relationships, whether they're real or not. Yeah. And then when I've done it in the past uh, on like a case by case basis, <laughs> I've always thought to myself are like- you a caseworker, are you? I've always thought to myself, like, I would never be, I don't think I'd ever find out if someone did that to me, let alone be cut by it. Like, I'm not going to chase up, like, everyone's friend list, make sure that I'm still on it. And it's not like you, that person's going to get a notification saying, hey, you've just been rejected. So, no, wait, there are apps that tell you when people unfollow you on Instagram. Well, right, okay, so anyone with it? those apps, I don't want them as my friend. Like, I'm, I don't want to endorse behaviour like that with friendship. No. Like, I sort yourself out, maybe we'll be friends in real life, but in a digital scenario, you do, you're you over there doing something entirely separate. That. You don't need to keep tabs on that. Th- those apps just speak to like, 
how powerful that that sense of needing to feel connected to someone is like that's it that is like for me that is just such a classic like that's what is replacing like having an argument with someone or falling out with someone (laughs) (laughs) a hundred micro ones in the form of some digital disconnection no well like you you know it used to be like you would the yardstick of like how you would measure your relationship with someone you'd be like yeah we're on good terms and then you'd have a falling out it's like no don't talk to that person anymore and now it's like yeah but something would have actually happened yeah I know but now it's like they, you just unfollowed someone on Instagram someone gets a notification on the app to tell you that that's the same thing as having a falling out mm, maybe maybe <laughs> it's not that severe I'm drawing a long bow yeah no but I know what you're saying and maybe I like that because it maybe then maybe then it's not that severe because for all of the genuine authenticity positive shit you get from a real human face-to-face relationship that Mm -hmm. is absent in that digital one means that whatever pain you would experience in a bad situation is similarly muted where like that like fully deep emotional hurt of it doesn't really exist so we're just getting rid of emotion basically basically it's in the way we're just limiting emotional capacity and spectrum so do you think that do you think that what is there going to be such a thing as life without a body? Because along that retro, you could argue that a body is just a waste of... Waste of resources. <laughs> exactly. If you can exist indefinitely in some other dimension. Well, I mean, like, one of my good mates, buddy, almost tore his ACL on Monday, like, broke his leg and tore his MCL. And, like, yeah, body, that's a waste. <laughs> yeah. In well, the sense that, like, he doesn't need to, you know, in theory, yeah, like, you're saying those kind of injuries could be made redundant potentially in the future i think they slowly are with crazy biomedical engineering and stuff where it'll get to a point where some bionic replacement is that much better than the original equipment manufacturer human version of whatever bone that's just snapped that it's cheaper to just chuck one of those in there like harvest out the rest of the bone and then just chuck the full bionic replacement (laughs) <laughs> what are you looking at me like this for? <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I'm just like now imagining like a mound of human bones outside hospitals. Yeah, there'd be dogs out there and stuff. It'd be it'd be gnarly, but that <laughs> bone field. Yeah, it'd be grim. But there'd be super athletes everywhere. People would oh. be vaulting over footy posts and stuff with these like crazy joints. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, it's because I crashed my mountain bike last year and just destroyed my human body. So now. I get to do this. I upgraded. Yeah, yeah. I got the new body. Have you got the new legs? Have you got the legs at 11S? Yeah. <laughs> no, man, I still got my fucking OG human ones. Weirdo. No, mine are still stock, bro. Fuck, I need to, I need to have an accident. You can imagine a time where the Paralympic records will start outstripping Olympic records. Well, so didn't... They'll didn't, do the flip. Didn't Pistorius do that? Or come close oh, to doing that? Close, Yeah. Actually, maybe. What I thought that was this time? whole thing that he was just like, those blades were just like cheating. They were just oh. exactly what we're talking about. They were that much better than the stock legs. Give me a moment. I'll look it up because this is interesting. You, is he in jail still? Uh, yeah, pretty sure. Fuck, I think South he got Africa like... sounds so heavy. Imagine having to sleep with guns in the room and just like... I heard that driveways in, I think, Johannesburg are basically like long concrete corridors to get into an underground, underhouse car park so that you don't, like, break the perimeter of your house with a carport or something accessible. And <laughs> so, so no one can attack you while you're pulling into your 
car park or your garage rather. Jesus. Like everyone's got a mini tunnel to get to their garage so that yeah. you're safe from attackers. <laughs> it's like, it's insane. It's like, the, I don't know. I mean, I've not been. Neither. But, but that, that's really scary to me as a, well, like a potential tourist. I'm, like, I like, know. Not going somewhere like that. I know someone whose um, old man got murdered in South Africa doing Shit. exactly that. Like, Shit. literally Wait. just. Not not pulling it, go, like I fucking cruelly, ironically going to get life insurance. No yeah, way. I know. What? I know. This this is going back like twenty years. It was quite a long time ago. But, wow. But like just hectic. Yeah. There's um. Just what? Just like some. I think it's just from what I understand, the welfare quality is so extreme. Yeah. And like, but also so. Um like obvious and in your face that it just like descends into just extreme violence out of desperation fucking crazy yeah it's bloody insane it's um, crazy so Oscar for stories this time 11.16 for the 100 like that's it's pretty quick that's he's got the Paralympic you or I could go he's got the Paralympic no idea. record no maybe not sure no. but anyway like you can imagine in the not so distant future, the Paralympics becoming the main event. Wow, I've never ever considered that. Like the Olympics just being being the old, you know, pure human bodies, no yeah. one that's got like bionic limbs, like just slogging it out against other people that haven't upgraded their vehicles. Well, what do you reckon about steroid Olympics? Where it's like, yeah, go do whatever you want. Let's just see what the what you can stretch the human body to do at the potential expense of its future. <laughs> what's that the farmer olympics like just fucking take drugs don't don't like self don't actually modify the vehicle like physically um, oh yeah no like replacement components yeah 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 you can't just like put a set of wheels on you you can change you can upgrade your oil though and you can yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so a like a few fuel additives in there it's, the, it's it's almost becoming like like f1 how they have the rules for what you can do to your car and like the power certain power limits you're allowed to have and stuff like that yeah <laughs> but that is the olympics just a testing ground well, well do you watch that documentary didn't you about um the russian doping icarus, icarus. yeah yeah, oh yeah. You, think you told me to watch it Holy shit. <laughs> I'm like flat out not interested in the Olympics after that. <laughs> like not at all. Well, yeah, I mean... Like, like, I remember the last Olympics rolled around and I was just like... Mm. Mm. I agree. They, they've gotten like... To me, they, the spectacle and all of the just like big business, big money, big government that, that centres around the Olympics is now like far louder than any of the actual stuff that happens in the stadium mm. in terms of like just the power it wields and the attention it commands yeah. I find it hard to look past all of that now yeah yeah it, it seems like I mean I remember reading somewhere that the Olympics is like war without weapons yeah yeah it's really geopolitically important feature of like yeah yeah that's oh. so scary I hate it's really sad as well for the people that have that are actually performing there who have like dedicated their entire lives oh. to getting on the stage because that level of integrity doesn't change just because our understanding of oh, as a corporation yeah. does like yeah, that, that exactly 100 percent. yeah that commitment and those like people are still training like i think about usain Bolt. i always think about like 
what is his perception of like a hundredth of a second? How does he feel? Like when he trains, when he runs 100 meters, does he feel the difference between like two hundredths of a second each time? Like if he ran one and then an hour later, an hour later ran it again, mm. would he be able to feel which one was faster? The difference in his times. Yeah, and it's like, a good question. And it's like nuts to think that Probably. You, can, you can spend four years thinking about or and working towards like two hundredths of a second. Yeah. Like that's what you're after. Yeah, yeah. You're spending this fucking this amount of time to focus on that. Yeah. Like that is just nuts. But you're right, yeah, that, that I don't know the in, but sorry, to come back to this, I disagree as well though, because the integrity is being questioned. Because, oh, because like, how do they get there, and who's not there because they haven't fit the structure? No, I mean like, what happens in the stadium now? Like, we're talking about how all of the like circus and geopolitical manoeuvring that happens behind the scenes while this whole two-week, three-week event goes on shouldn't detract from the four years of commitment, eight years of commitment that athletes put into yeah, their performance, yeah. but. That is now being also like the integrity is being called into question because people are cutting corners and they're like, mm. you know, I mean the whole with the Icarus documentary. Do you mean Ru- with like with doping? Yeah, yeah. Like the Russian athletes were, you know, I guess in one sense like just puppets for the Russian show that they were trying to put on because. Yeah. They were in. They were in cahoots with it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, but that also happened when Thorpedo just destroyed everybody in 2000. Was it 2004? Mate, both. Yeah. Right, Athens, both. he fucking carved it up. Right, right. But in that suit, and, and it's kind of like, well, that, is that like a functional, um, absolutely not to discredit any, anything that Ian Thorpe's done. What are we even talking about? <laughs> talking about Thorpey and what a bloody hero he is, but how he had a slight advantage by being having the skin of a shark when no one else did. Some people what? had the legs well, of a shark. They, swimming went through that wasn't stage there, where they had the swimsuits that? That, that people ended up, like, so many world records got. Right, they, that's what I'm talking about. They, like, oh, that wasn't Thorpey. No, wasn't no, no. It? That was an, it was a type of fabric that... Sorry, Thorpey, if you're listening. No, yeah, Thorpey just had size 18 feet, <laughs> and he was just a weapon. Yeah, he's a savage. He just had human flippers, basically. <laughs> but he also had a nice suit, dude. He was always in that yeah. suit. Oh, yeah. Canian. Get Thorpey on some Same with Kathy. Kathy had the suit for the 400. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's not skin. <laughs> I mean, you got to, like, that's in the rules, though. you got to wear something. What, you, do you want to go back to ancient Olympics where everyone was just fucking nude? Maybe that's why they were nude. I feel like that would be, it'd, it would definitely achieve a more transparent result. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> No clothing murking anything. It'd just be crystal clear who the winner was. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, man. I thought you had shit to run by me, dude. I've got nothing. Yeah, no, I do. Quite clearly. Okay. (laughs) All right. First thing I wanted to talk about was the climate rally last week. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So that was, as I was saying to you earlier, that was pretty much the first kind of, I guess political act apart from casting a vote or like I guess more like overt um, expression of politics mm. that I've ever 
sort of been involved with. Yeah. Um, and I really didn't know what to expect going in. And I'm still trying to work out what I thought about it. Did you go by yourself? <clears throat> I went with uh, a few other people. I had a couple of, I made a couple of signs. Oh, nice one. So when I was on the train into Town Hall, I had like, I had my two posters under my arms and I was like looking around being like, fuck, I feel like a bit of a knob. Like, you know, people are just trying to do their day-to-day life and here's a geezer with a couple of signs, like with an opinion about something. That was my first feeling. Then as, as I got closer to Town Hall, a few people started getting onto the train. There was a guy with like overalls and a drum and a girl with like maracas and shit. And I was you're like, starting to settle in. Yeah, I was like, all right, I'll, you know, they're certainly going where I'm going. They've got things to make noise. Like, I'll follow them. Got, yeah, got out into the square, already big crowd forming. By the time I went to leave, holy shit, it took me like 10 minutes to like get out of the crowd. Wow. Like just trying to squeeze through thousands of people. Wow. But... And, like, you know, I didn't know how it was going to play out. As it transpired, there were, like, multiple speeches, probably. I I was there for maybe five or six different speeches. One was from, like, a politician. One was from a firefighter. Mm -hmm. One was from, like, a youth movement, like, different kind of things. And then, you know, there was a lot of chanting. And then I think afterwards, I didn't do the march, but afterwards they marched up to Hyde Park, like, near um, state, state government up there. And I just, I couldn't help, I think the overwhelming feeling, it was, it was empowering and I guess reassuring to know there were other people that were as anxious about this and as sort of like passionately wanted to do something to change the situation. Yeah, yeah. But I couldn't help but feel that what we were doing wasn't going to achieve anything. It felt really limited. So it was... It, it was power, empowering and also like a powerless feeling at the same time. Yeah, 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 I know what you mean. But that's hard, dude. Um, is that first question that popped into my head, is that something that you would think if you were on the train doing your normal business and you saw a guy with two signs, you'd be like, look at this fucking asshole with his opinions. <laughs> well, <laughs> or is that just how you think the world looks at you? Uh, no, it probably is something that I would... Uh, no, I wouldn't think of it like scathingly I wouldn't think but I'd certainly be like look at this guy I, I okay <laughs> no but put it this way I like I was a little bit embarrassed mm. so I had folded like the messages on my sign like inwards so yeah, okay. it just kind of looked like a couple of bits of cardboard big cardboard it could have been an artist or something could have been like a high school project if, yeah. if, I, did, if I didn't have a <laughs> <Probably> video <couldn't. laughs> but you know something like that I don't know what I would think yeah but, uh, I mean, it just... It's such a bitter <clears throat> feeling, isn't it? I had a really similar um, emotional experience of it really recently as well, of this kind of thing. Um, there was a big surfers paddle out Australia-wide to protest against a Norwegian company who uh, were applying to the federal government to drill for oil in the Great Australian Bight. Oh, I was reading about this. Yeah, which has since been approved. <clears throat> Yeah, oh my God, has it? Yeah. So it's happening. I mean, like it goes through, I think there's a few more appeal, like levels at which people can appeal, but I think it's the, the federal department impro- uh, approved it rather to go ahead. So anyway, it was the this same. This is offshore, right? Like, yeah, it's like deep sea drilling, I think a few hundred 
k's offshore but the spill modeling showed that oil could get as far as newcastle and broome or something like that it was literally like more than the bottom half of the entire mainland and obviously tasmania would just get could get blanketed in oil and this company is currently cleaning up another oil spill um i think in this somewhere in the caribbean or something stuff like this just but what I was going to say is the surface paddle out thing was this beautiful day of like community really. And that same thing that you were talking about of solidarity and how comforting it is to like have the same agenda on the same day as the people around you and stuff. But I've, I noticed myself obviously like quite devastated, but not that surprised by the, by it having little to no impact on the, the outcome which is and just, just realizing that, <coughs> fuck, that is a bitter thing to taste to realize that i like that i'm that, like my hope is dwindling that low in situations like that that even however many people rallying well and then so like yeah mate i feel the exact same way because it's just like well it just doesn't hold any i don't think it holds any weight objective weight exactly you can't like there are registered lobbies and there's like obvious there's other kind of avenues to protest political direction but that particular one unless you're collecting handwritten signatures and unless there's like over a million of them it's kind of like it's going to appeal most to the people that are supporting it everyone else is going to forget about it pretty quickly yeah and it's just like if it's not your issue because maybe you've got another one you're just like oh those those pricks again. Yeah, it just kind of comes down to money, hey. Yeah. Like, I mean, I the, the, my thinking in in wanting to go was like, I just wanted to be another body there. I was thinking like, if if everyone that gives a shit about this goes, and you can just like be a body, be a number, mm. so that that crowd's not ten, it's hundred, or it's not a thousand, it's ten thousand, mm. like that kind of thing, like. You know, because ultimately these things are going to garner attention if more people go. But then, yeah, it's the same feeling. I I was in my head, I was like, okay, like they estimated that there was like 40,000 there, okay? That's a lot. That's like like 30,000. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, okay, what's the population of Sydney? 5 million. So we're looking at like. I don't know. What's the quick maths here? Oh, you're asking the worst person in the (laughs) neighborhood. I've got quick calculator accessible on my phone. So you're looking at like close to 1% of Sydney's population, huh? Yep. Not that many, but like think about the logistics of it. How many people can actually fit in that part of, of town? Yep. Right? And, and then, how big Sydney is. Like Sydney's a yeah. huge city. Yeah. And 5.30 on a Friday is like, a lot of people can't be in the city at 5.30 on a yeah. Friday. But... I'm thinking of like, okay, what, what's that as a proportion relative to like, what's Australia's gross domestic product? What's 1% of our GDP? GDP? Like, if something was going to cost the country 1% of its GDP, would the politicians be thinking about it as significantly? Yeah, right. Kind of thing. So like... Do you think they would? Well, I don't know. Maybe not. Or like, oh, probably, I guess. Or like, or is that the relative scale that we measure things on? Is like 40,000 people turning up to protest that thing in Sydney the same as something that would take up like the federal budget's 
1% of the budget? Would they stress about it that much or would they just be like, ah, it's only 1%. Let's not, let's not bother about it too much. We've got other shit to worry about. Yeah, I think it's that. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's the volume of things to do is so thick that the second you're, you, you can justify to yourself dismissing an issue as less of a priority than another, you do it. You just take that chance as a poly, I reckon. You're like, sweet, here's the issue of the day. No time for anything else. Yeah. And it's not like, I'm not ignoring it. I just don't have, I, you know, I have to do this first or whatever. And it's like, it's an easy way to keep ignoring things. <laughs> you, you just, um, what, you know how we like freak out about having technology embedded in human beings and becoming robots and stuff? Never. <laughs> wouldn't so pulling it that'd be pulling your calculator out imagine having that just in there yeah. so that like every time you think of uh oh it's this many people out of this population yeah you just got it straight away it's just there on you and it just goes straight to your mouth and you can say it like it's like you can do that now that'd be a pretty useful upgrade that would be your operating system yeah yeah oh yeah absolutely so that, that's a pretty it's a pretty good app to market with as far as like embedding technology in human brains, I reckon. <laughs> Don't you reckon? Yeah, that's you'd, like, lead that's with, the, you'd lead with calculator because it's the simple. Foot in the door. Yeah, that's the foot <laughs> in the door, exactly. It's like they're going, no, thank you. No, I'm good. It's actually dinner time. I've got shit on the stove. My kids are crying. Like, thank you, fuck off. You're just like, what about calculator? What, don't you want to know? Like, Don't you want to just crunch numbers easily? Instantly, effortlessly. Yeah. Mm, math teachers would be up in arms. Mass teachers would, they'd be, yeah. But what's their proportion of the population? Wouldn't It'd be they, less than 1%. But wouldn't they... Wow, yeah, would they be the... Would, would they, they be? Well, would they be in line to... Would they gain the most from this? No, nah, because then they wouldn't have a job, would they? Oh, actually, yeah, they would, because they'd need to explain why you're doing different things. Yeah. Like, if you wanted to work out... Having a calculator doesn't mean you know what the proportion of the population means. Right. It just means that you could... The math teachers would still be pissed off because they, they, they have to be. Yeah. Because they can do that stuff. Yeah. Is that, <laughs> is, that the, is that the conclusion of this really adult conversation? <laughs> that you don't, need, you don't need a calculator app embedded in your brain. Just do maths a bit more and you can do it without an upgrade. <laughs> you don't have a surgery. No, there's just one more thing I want to drop on you. There's a bomb <laughs> to take us right back to the ocean floor, which is something I wrote down over Christmas time, or just after Christmas, when I'd gone for a walk and I was a little bit stoned. I'll put my hand up. And I was in the stage of my high where you get, like, a bit emotional about things, mm. you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> and I wrote this. This is Sydney Living. <laughs> like fucking rats in a bathtub trying to swim to the top but the water is coming in and filling up faster and faster and we're fucking mating while we're swimming and we're multiplying and it's a rodent fucking mess is there, is there any more? that's it I can take my hands off my head now <laughs> that's just not like living in Sydney is it the moment? yeah why don't you leave? I'm going to yeah yeah I'm out 12 months time I'm moving overseas yeah it's really it's a grim reality that's just striking me and like it was striking me more from like I guess maybe a financial pressure situation before this 
summer and now this summer like it's an eco catastrophe com combined with that where I'm just like not only is the pressure and like the quality of life I think like becoming harder and harder to achieve in Sydney but like it's now like there's less time it's at threat like yeah. it's you know this is not the safe haven it used to be yeah but uh, but cities are Cities are because resources will always be directed there. Yep. But in the zombie films, no one ever survives in the city. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, the rest of it's pretty factual. So, I don't know. I'm with you. I, I, can't, I can't reconcile whether, yeah, we're safer now. Well, that's the thing, because you, like... Because, like, I hate... In the city, being completely beholden to some system which has your survival leveraged above you, like energy, water, food. Yeah. Things that, like, the things that you need. And if you've got a mortgage, house, shelter, like, they're leveraged above you in a way that, like, presents safety if you play the game of, like, paying your mortgage, going to the supermarket, paying your water bill blah 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 but it just means it can be taken away from you in a second mm. they, they, that's what it I think I'm like a real hypochondriac with that stuff but that really it's a huge fear of mine it's always been a huge fear of mine and is leaving the safety of it's just not having the yeah. security like not having self-sufficiency as a, as a yeah as a security almost I don't know I'm a massive control freak I think like I <laughs> I think he says, I know. I say, <laughs> because like, that's always been my approach to like project work and certain other things. Like I just, yeah. I think this is the same thing where if I don't know the origin or start to finish or like I can't close a loop in my brain, it, it makes me really anxious. Yeah. Like that's the appeal of, imagine that dude, imagine having like all the shit, having batteries, having solar, having a lifestyle that doesn't need that much energy anyway. Big water tanks, composting toilet, bit of food growing, good mountain bike. Like, but like what this away. summer's just shown is that like in New South Wales, the feasibility to do that, I would argue, is possible to go and just find a patch of land, set yourself up, not worry about anything. But then what's happening, what's happened now is that those are the parts of Australia that will burn down first. Like a torch, yeah. And because everyone else yeah. is going to be like, no, 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 don't worry about protecting that. If shit's going to go really, really, really south, we got to like, we've got to build fortresses around yeah. cities. We've got, um, like the northern half of the country is pretty dependably monsoonal and that belt's only going to get bigger. So mm. I think like you could probably forecast a move around that. I mean, actually, no, you probably couldn't, eh? Because, like, even in the hinterlands of the sunny coast of Byron, everywhere's just on fire. Because yeah. I was thinking, like, you can go to a place where there's enough of a, like, a really, there's no winter, there's just wet and dry seasons, and the wet season is just a proper deluge, gets you your entire summer's worth of water. Um, yeah. Like, whether what, like real, that would be safer than equatorial. living in a bushfire zone. Like, yeah. But then again, rainforest fucking caught on fire as well recently it's just like <laughs> Antarctica dude we gotta get down there oh mate I don't know and my, I'm thinking Ireland at this point Ireland just 
I reckon there's nothing a... goes wrong there, does it? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there'll be all these insane new territories that'll open up as the ice caps melt, and they'll just be snapped up by the richest people, and just they'll build huge fortresses there, and you get droned if you like come within five k of it. Mate, I don't know. The way things are going, nothing's off the table at this point in time. It's just like whether you can be one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like grind it out in the big smokes now. Yeah. Get your American Express ready and just fucking... And then just load it up. Yeah. Get going. Protect yourself. Big moat. Big fuck off moat. Yeah. Natural moat. Well, I got to say, man, it's kind of having just finished building like a survival like a mobile survival cabin, basically. I feel great about it. Like that's, I know the rest of New South Wales cares deeply about this. But as far as a silver lining to the horrors of the future, I've never been better prepared. Mate, that's a really nice way to tie this, this loose end chat up. <laughs> With another loose end. No, 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 you'll be fine. That's it. I'm selling it soon, I think. I'm, um, you reckon? Well, I've had it for too long now. Yeah, you need another project. Yeah, I just, well, that's the thing. Like, I finished it, and now I'm like... Well, when are you taking it around? Are you taking it around the country? Yeah, hoping to. I'm just, I think I've complicated it too much by spending all my money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't all know. Right. We'll see. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs>